guys. Welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Welcome back to another interview. And today I'm so pleased to have Carla Caswell with me. I'm here in the evening in New Zealand, but I'm beaming you up to Kent in the UK. Right now, it is just a beautiful sunny morning there. And yes, I'm missing the summer. But having said that, we're talking about the UK. We're probably talking about three hours round about mid-August that you have sunshine there. <laughs> so make the most out of it, Carla. But first of all, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on to my show. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me. And, and yes, about three hours is probably about right. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in, your, in, in, in the UK and it is, uh, it is, there have been very long and dreary winters. And so, yes, but having said that, I equally had some fantastic summer stairs. So let's, let's, let's do not too much English bashing. Um, it is, <laughs> it's only just the start of the, of the interview. Come on. <laughs> but Carla, you're not really, you're not really from, from the UK, are you? You've got a beautiful, beautiful twang there of an accent. Yes, so I am originally from South Africa. Um, so yes, I totally agree that the winters can be hell for me. <laughs> um, so used to used to beautiful South African weather, um, but yeah, I've been in the UK for about three and a half years now, and. Um, so far, we're having a great summer, so I can't complain. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly right. No, I'll take it when when it comes, and Absolutely. it's beautiful. Uh, and Carla, you are you are a guest here today because I know that your journey led you from a typical lifestyle of a South African girl to then going to the UK. Now, for all of you who have not lived here or there, i.e. South Africa or UK, these are both very wet countries when it comes to the good old alcohol. Um, the, yes. In South Africa, a little bit nicer because you've got all these lovely wines down there that are easily accessible to you. In the UK, just because everyone drinks and it is Absolutely. just what it is. So tell us a bit more. How did First of all, how did you end up in the UK? Uh, so my family are all from here originally, and um, uh, they, they'd all lived in Zimbabwe for many years. And then sadly, when things went a bit pear-shaped there, they all kind of moved back to the UK. So a few years ago, I decided um, I needed a bit of a change. And, um, you know, this was the easiest sort of stop for me in my journey. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, so, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And was your passion always what you're doing now? You're, you were basically a very sportive woman. Yeah, so it's always been my passion, but never been my career. Uh, so I, I studied marketing and ended up in advertising for nearly 15 years. <laughs> and again, as well, that's, that's a very big industry for a lot of partying and, and drinking. <laughs> Uh, so probably wasn't helping my cause. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, come on. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was heading down the path. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. So how did a typical day in your life look like in a, in a marketing industry? So I was in, in sales mainly for many years. And, um, so that involved, um, long hours, um, but also, 
a lot of socializing. Um, so there was, you know, a lot of taking clients out to things, having clients at events, hosting events. Um, so it was just constantly kind of almost like a full day job because you'd be at work and then you'd go from work to, to social events, um, which when I was young, I absolutely loved it. It was, it was great. But as I got older, it um, starts to take a bit of a toll on the body. <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> so were you always an outgoing girl or was the alcohol actually helping you to be more relaxed and, and more easygoing with the clients? Yeah, I think um, I always kind of see myself as as a bit of an introvert, and I, I think I'm a bit shy. But then when I tell my friends that, they think that I'm talking absolute rubbish. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I've I've always been good with sales. But I like to build relationships, um, and then I think definitely with the alcohol, you know, it it, it helps you to take off that that guard that you put up and, and you kind of just become the life of the party. That was usually me. <laughs> so, yeah, I definitely was never the first one to leave. <laughs> you you just, yeah, the, my words came out of your mouth, which is always spooky. So, <laughs> been there, been there, done that. And it is, after yeah. all, it is it is actually, and, and if, if you don't, work in such a, an environment is sometimes hard to imagine, but it's really, it is everything, a successful deal, here's the alcohol, or it has been a long day, here's the alcohol. And it is this kind Absolutely. of, there's a there's this bonding that, that is happening over the alcohol. Um, it is, it's part and parcel of it. At that, Absolutely. When did you start? When did you start in the industry? Straight out of university. Um, so I was, you know, 22, 23. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've been in it up until about a year ago, really. Oh. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you write what you say in terms of um, you do literally celebrate everything. A, a bad day, you go for a drink. A good day, you go for a drink. Uh, exactly. Friday drinks um you look forward to at four o'clock every friday mm. uh, so it literally is all surrounded by mm. when is the next drink or the mm. next party mm. were there people uh in your group who did not drink not very often mm. um and i think if there were they they would either not really attend some of the events, but I think they would be kind of seen as slightly antisocial um, because they weren't being part of the thing and, and you know, getting super drunk and <laughs> doing stupid things. <laughs> it is, it is right. And that is South Africa just as much as the UK, isn't it? And Absolutely. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably maybe a little bit worse here because there is definitely a pub culture here, um, I guess, because of the weather. But mm. even in South Africa, you know, like you mentioned, it's it's we've got loads of wine farms. We're always having you know, barbecues or brides, as we mm. call them. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's a very sociable um, thing to be doing and, and drinking is a huge part of that. 
and and of course you love it and you're quite rightly say as a, as a young person you you want to conform you want to be part of a group and of course you learn how to drink because that's what is expected of you and of course it has benefits we already alluded to the to the hey ah oh, i feel so much more relaxed and now that stands and boogie and all the kind of of good stuff so i mean alcohol absolutely Alcohol serves as a purpose. <laughs> no two ways around that. Yeah, absolutely. But when I think back of my life, yes, I had some damn good times uh, at a time when there were no cell phones around with cameras. So there's very little Thank evidence. <laughs> <laughs> so true. So true. No Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but I mean, things have changed nowadays, and I think ch things changed in your life. So, you're happy to share a bit what, why suddenly today you're living a rather different life than you lived absolutely. when you were in the marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, when I when I moved over to the UK, um, you know, it was for me, it was a big part of making friends, meeting new people. Uh, so, you know, it was I was still in advertising, so it was constantly drinks after work, um, you know, and it wasn't just one, it would, you know, always turn into four or five. And, uh, you know, and, and I think the stress of the job I was in as well, they, you know, I was working 13, 14 hour days, um, and the only way for me to really unwind was was to drink. Um, and so it kind of progressed from being a weekend thing to an every night thing. Even if I wasn't out, it would be, you know, wine at dinner. Mm. Um, and there were some nights before I knew it, the bottle was finished. Uh, so, um, And then I think with that as well goes, started to become um, unhealthy eating habits as well, because, you know, I was either out, so I would be getting takeaways while I was home late. So I'd be eating, you know, rubbish and quick meals. And, and so I wasn't, you know, taking care of my body at all. And so eventually with, you know, the stress, the drinking, the bad eating, I, um, this kind of was probably an 18 month period, to be honest. Um, so I think that was quite scary for me because, you know, you always think that these sort of moments in your life will come over many years but for me it was sort of in a short space of time um but i i ended up in hospital with a, a ruptured artery in my stomach um which was caused by an erosion of my stomach lining um which was caused Ooh. by all the abuse i was doing to my body uh so yeah, I had to have two blood transfusions. Um, it was yeah, it was it was pretty frightening. And when I came out of hospital, um, I just realised that I I had to make a change. It was a massive wake up call for me. Hmm. And I think especially coming from a person who I've always led a healthy lifestyle, I've always been fit and healthy, and hmm. and I think in a sense that actually made me think I could get away with anything. <laughs> Um, so, so, you know, you, you abuse your body because you, you, you think you can. <laughs> because um, you're young, stupid and bulletproof. Okay. That's absolutely. Of it. That's absolutely. Cool. Yeah. And, um, 
so yeah, I stopped drinking um, and I ended up starting to go on a, um, a vegetarian lifestyle as well. Um, purely because actually um, meat just wasn't agreeing with me anymore. That's kind of how it started out. Um, but as the days and months progressed. <laughs> I was about to say, come on, a South African bride girl where meat does no longer agree with you. That is a sacrilege. That is normally you nah. would be thrown out of South Africa for that. Okay. <laughs> I know, it's scandal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But then again, you guys, when you're listening to our banter here, um, the, the stomach is an integral part of the digestion of protein. So your steak, your meat, etc., is all mainly protein. So when it comes into the stomach, the stomach has to do quite a bit of work. Now, if your stomach just had a rather big shock to the system, so to speak, um, you, I can see where that actually changed and where suddenly uh, your stomach, um, maybe not the stomach, the stomach hasn't really got a brain and things like that, the way I make it out, but mm. that really the mixture of horrible emotions and fear and anxiety that were linked to the bleeding, that they actually completely uh, destroyed the, the vinyl, the, the, the sound that comes from your LP. Um, it is just completely different. You suddenly, the thought of some meat uh, will have completely, your brain would have said, no way in hell. <laughs> Interesting. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. How, lo very how long? Interesting. How long were you in hospital? May I ask? Um, just over a week. Got well. So it was um, quite bad enough. So they basically uh, had a look inside and tried to stop the bleeder with a gastroscopy. So a little camera yes. down there, the thing. And was that successful? Yeah. Well, the the problem was is that um, they can only see the lesion when it's bleeding. So by giving me the blood transfusions and all of that, they'd actually stop the bleeding. So it took them quite a while to figure out what was actually going on. Hmm. Um, and so basically they said to me when they left hospital was that they said, well, there's nothing really we can do unless it bleeds again. Hmm. Um, so they said to me, like, you're going to have to make some big lifestyle changes so that this doesn't happen again, because mm -hmm. there is a huge risk that it could happen. So I think that for me as well was sort of a, you know, aha moment, as you call them. <laughs> uh, I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm not going through this again. This is this is not for me. <laughs> I rather would call it an OO moment, not an aha yes. moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> Okay. Oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah, maybe so. an oh shit moment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the more realistic one. <laughs> Goodness. So how long were you off work then? Um, so I was off work in total for almost a month. Mm. Um because I'd um yeah, I'd had sort of a, a little bit of issues before I actually got admitted and then um I got admitted and then I had to be off for for a couple of weeks mm. after that and and then i had some annual leave so i just sort of put that on top to mm. to get some full recovery mm. but i was very weak um very anemic for a while as well mm. um you know it was it was situations where i you know would get on the train to try go to work and if i couldn't get a seat i literally would faint every 
every trip to to the office. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, yeah. So it was it was a long it was a long recovery to really get that energy back, and mm. Um, mm. and it was tricky because you know I couldn't really exercise. Um, so for me, it was a lot about what I was putting into my body at that point. Or what not, because you had initially, you had to lift, uh, lift an alcoholic lifestyle. So therefore, the alcohol in its own right really does a hammering on the gut. So yeah. you are essentially malnutritioned. You were running around malnutrition, just as much as there are people in the third world have malnutrition. You did the same out of the mixture of Absolutely. your diet and because what the alcohol did to the absorption uh, of your of all the goodies that are coming in. So that, that mixture set you really back. And then to have that little um, stress ulcer there eating away on the lining, eating away until finally a blood vessel is actually nicked and is squirting blood out. That is really yeah. what happened there. So you were on the back foot and now you bled out quite a bit, I assume. Yeah. And no doubt you feel absolute rubbish. And that will be yeah. for weeks and months in actual fairness. Wow. 100%. Wow. Um, yeah. So when you went back to work, what did your colleagues say? So, yeah, I think everybody was quite shocked by the whole thing. Um, but I think as well that people people kind of distance themselves, I think, from the reality of things like that. So, you know, they, they feel really bad and they're shocked and, and they do... I think a lot of them do think twice about the decisions they're making, but it, it doesn't seem to last very long. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then, so, so that was the moment when you actually stopped drinking and uh, your the pressure was still on. So here you were this time, not just the full day work and, and all the pressure and the social pressure to keep drinking, mm. but now you were dead walking um, because you were so exhausted and depleted, basically. Um, so yeah. how did that go? How, uh, what did you do? Yeah, so I think for me that when I eventually got back, um, I think it really highlighted to me that this wasn't the path for me anymore in life. Mm. And, and it made me really realize that, like, I guess it's, you know, when they say you have those life-changing moments because I realized that this environment was not a healthy environment for me and and it wasn't going to ever be that mm. um, because the minute I got back, um, you know, there was no easing me back in or it was just full back into normal days, normal working. Um, and, you know, you're just a number in a big corporate and you know they they're happy to have you back because they need another body to to do the work interesting <laughs> so yeah. yeah so for me it was definitely a moment where i i had to to take a hard look and i stayed in advertising for a little while after that but kind of toned it back um and you know sort of came came to work at a smaller company locally um But I still realized that this wasn't my path anymore um, and that I had 
had I had a story to tell, I guess, and and had a bigger purpose in life. I, I think that's really what started to to ring true for me. But I mean, your experience is, from a doctor's point of view, so common. Honestly, I mean, we see gastric bleeders left, right, and center. This is this is just this is part of modern lifestyle kind of a thing and what you have described yeah advertising sure but do marketing do law do finance all these kind of service industries much of a muchness and it's just go 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 (laughs) and it's just (laughs) absolutely please it is it is unfortunately something that is going on for a lot of a lot of people out there and a lot of people would call themselves not alcoholic. No, I'm not an alcoholic. This is my lifestyle. This is just, I choose mm-hmm. that. Therefore, I'm, I, I don't need to do that. But yeah, the very first thing I come home is before I take the shoes off, I pour myself a glass of Chardonnay. Yeah. Absolutely. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because there's, you know, there's this stigma of being an alcoholic and, and that you have no control over it. But, you know, they convince themselves that, you know, I'm completely in control of it. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I control immediately how I open my bottle of wine and pour yes. it in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Stuff the class. <laughs> exactly. Come on. Yeah, I've been there. I've done it, for Christ's sake. And I love it when yeah. you say this, this uh, sometimes the bottle ended. Make that two bottles, okay? Let's be serious. None of these yeah. rookie numbers, okay? One. <laughs> so, One bottle an hour. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now we're talking. And it's and it's that slippery slope, isn't it? Before you blink. Absolutely. You know. Oh dear. Yeah, you oh, don't realise it. And and I think also for me, because wine was my my drink of choice, is it's so difficult to monitor how much you're actually drinking because you're, you just keep topping up the glass. So oh. you don't know if you've had six or seven or eight uh, glasses oh, because, please. you know, you, you don't go and empty it and then fill it. You just keep topping it up. <laughs> so true. It's the gift that keeps giving. <laughs> for, a while, for a while, I was making my own wine uh, in Auckland. And the warmest place for this wine barrel where it sort of uh, was fermenting was at your bathroom. So there was this this wine ready to go. We had two barrels, I think, from memory. And what would happen if we would watch telly, have a glass of wine, then go with the wine, have a pee, fill up whilst you're having a pee, and then go back (laughs) in. By the time you've done that a few times, there's no no memory whatsoever. Have you had ten glasses or five glasses? No. And we oh, it's, and as a German, please, we've got big glasses, so we yeah. Yes, <laughs> none of that little. That's not a glass. No, like. no. <laughs> so yeah, we. We've only got one size. There's not a red wine glass and a white wine glass. Oh, that's just a large glass. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Oh, we call them Romans. Romans, they, they hold about um, 250 mil. So, yeah, <laughs> third of a bottle, basically. Good stuff. Basically, yeah. <sighs> Man. But that was what it was. I mean, that, that was my lifestyle. That was your lifestyle. And yeah. in your case, in your case, actually, Whatever is out there, God, karma, energy, universe, someone has hit you over the head with a two by four 
and uh, <laughs> said, Carla, we need to talk. And he sent yeah. you sent you a lot of blood. Um, and I think with hindsight, many people who have had similar experiences actually say, wow, best thing that could have ever happened to me. And yeah. I guess that sort of when I, when I read your story, this was sort of a little bit what, what was transpiring there, wasn't it? Absolutely. Um, I think also um, I, I have a history with that, like anxiety and depression. And, and it was only after this as well that I realized how much of a crutch I was using it to not only just socialize and have fun, but as a mechanism to help me cope with anxiety. Um, but it's obviously a slippery slope as well, because, you know, when you wake up with a hangover, it just enhances all that depression and anxiety. So, you know, you, you get back on the wagon later that afternoon. So, yeah, I, I think it, it really I, highlighted. Sorry, I call it hangxiety. Um, <laughs> I love they, that. Exactly. Even, you know, whatever anxiety you had, it's now times two because you're hungover, guilty, full of shame and feel Absolutely. rotten from the hangover. And then the anxiety on top, not pretty. And no, no. like you, like you, been there, done that. I've got my depression history. I've got PTSD and things like that. So these things, they, you numb the pain with the alcohol. Um, Absolutely. That, that works for a while, but then then your journey really started because now you said, wow, okay, I really can't be drinking anymore. So yeah. uh, tell us a bit about that story. What actually happened when you stopped drinking? What did you notice? Yeah, so it was interesting. I think, I think one of the biggest things I noticed was how how much alcohol is a part of our lives oh. and and how much our everything we do is is centered around alcohol and um, so all the activities i was doing all the lunches i was going for they were all centered around where you can get a drink you like or um you know mm. going for a wine tasting or a, whatever it was and and i realized how also, what a stigma there is around non-drinkers and how people just were so shocked to know that I wasn't drinking. And, and they would ask me things like, well, you know, how are you coping? How are you, how are you, how are you managing not to drink? <laughs> and, and it was just the strangest thing for me because I was like, well, I just am not. <laughs> I don't know how to, you know, it's like, well, actually I feel a million times better. Uh, and, and people would say, Oh, that's, you know, it's so brave. That's you know, so like as if I'd cured cancer or something. I don't, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I couldn't believe how, how, how shocked people were about the fact that you could, actually be in a pub and not drink <laughs> and and having said that it is sometimes hard because especially in the uk where people come into the pub and think oh damn i better have quickly a whole pint and then one and then a schnapps and oh now i feel better and meanwhile, they think they're the, the center of the party when in reality, they sound something like, as a 
<laughs> you said what? <laughs> and it's brutal because the moment you stop drinking, you actually listen to them and you think, yeah, you sound like a three-year-old that is somehow on some really funny drugs. Um, and it's brutal. Yeah. I especially found as a woman, um, I'm actually humiliated now when I see drunk women because the way they behave is just, it's so degrading. And it's, and I, I look at them and I think, I can't judge because I used to be like that. Mm-hmm. But it's horrifying to me to think that women are walking down the street like that, behaving like that, you know, falling over in the street, uh, uh, you know, with their skirts above their heads. And, and for me, it's just, I think that was a big eye-opener for me. I was like, is this is this the kind of woman that you want to be portraying to people? And it's, yeah, it's it's horrifying for me now. I just, I almost want to like take them aside and say, let me help you. Remember though, there is, for them, that is their life. That is where they... Or what they focus on, what is normal for them. Um, for them, you're the weirdo. You're the strange yes. woman. And that's that's really bizarre, isn't it? The social engineering that has has made it so, so, so weird and normal to be drunk. Yes. It is I've got a I've got a chapter in my book that is called The Heroin Free Wedding. And it goes along the lines that that mum and daughter are sort of being together in the kitchen and the daughter said to mum look can we talk about my wedding and mum said yeah yeah let's talk wedding and she said oh yeah look mum I thought about it I really would like to have a heroin free wedding and the mum is going nuts and bananas what do you mean heroin free have you started using oh my God, don't you know, every year, 18,000 beautiful souls are lost when it comes to, to heroin. How dare you? Do you need help? And she said, no, 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 mom. I just wanted to clarify that with you. And I'm not using, I'm all good. Oh, I'm so pleased for you. <laughs> and then the daughter continues after a while, after a big hug with mom, she says, not that we're on the topic. Is it okay that we have an alcohol-free wedding? And mom looks at her, you, you can't do that. You can't have an alcohol-free wedding. You say, no way. What are you talking? You're stupid. And But, mummy, there are 68,000 beautiful souls lost every year to alcohol. Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> and that is, that is sort of one of the chapters where I highlight the, the social engineering that has occurred yes. in our life. And where did that happen? Ah. I actually, it reminded me of a... a a book I'd read as well, and, and she referred to it as um, if you if you went for a Chinese takeaway and the next day it made you really ill, it gave you a terrible headache, it made you vomit, it made you stay in bed all day, and then you said to your friend, right, next Friday, should we go back to that Chinese takeaway? Your friend would be like, are you mad? But yet, oh, very that's good. exactly what we do with alcohol. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. Nice one. So, yeah, damn it. So, But here you are. Yes. Whilst you have 
seen the light, had a wake-up call, however you want to call it, um, yeah. the people around you have not. So let me guess, Carla, for a little while, became actually rather maybe lonesome, maybe not so commonly invited. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's, um, well, I mean, you know, to be brutally honest, it, uh, it ruined my relationship um, because, which was ironic because when we, when we split um, after a while, it's one of the things that actually came up, he, he said, oh, I think, you know, the whole giving up alcohol and all of that is a bit extreme. So I said, but, but you hated the person I was when I was drinking because I was terrible at phoning you back. I never told you what time I was coming home. Um, and he was like, yeah, but, you know, like going completely off alcohol, that, that's, you know, it's, I think it's a bit extreme and it's, it's a bit much. And I just thought to myself, this is utterly ridiculous. And so, yeah, it's, it's hard because, unfortunately, you do lose people along the way. There's a couple of friends or, you know, I suppose you maybe don't call them friends then, but mm. there's, there's people I, you know, no longer hang out with because they just don't want to do anything other than drinking, you know, outings. Mm. So there is, there is a tough, tough side to it. Um, and there are definitely moments where you think, oh, well, maybe if I just had a few, it would be okay. You know, but then then I just think it's not worth going back down that road. And mm. and like we say, it's a slippery slope. You know, one turns into two turns into every night. So true. And I guess there is a, well, there's a sheer fact that we alcoholics, we like to surround ourselves with other alcoholics because then it is not so obvious that really deep down we are actually doing maybe not the right thing for us but if everyone else is drinking see there's nothing wrong and look over there <laughs> jenny look she oh she is a <laughs> she's far worse than me so i'm okay and yeah. now jenny is doing exactly the same with carla see carla there <laughs> and jenny says oh no i'm okay so that's yeah. how the, the whole bloody thing works and then suddenly, Absolutely. if you if you actually become sober and or, or simply don't drink anymore, in the sense of not even labeling yourself, you just say, "No, I just have a green tea or something like that." You what? Suddenly, their excuse goes. Suddenly, yeah. they they have the mirror in front of their face, and that's 100%. and that's what a lot of people hate. So they're very yeah, it quickly. shines a light on on their own issue, isn't it? No, boy, boy, boy. Did you have cravings? Did you, were there times when you thought, oh God, I see this concent condensation on, the, on that glass in my mind? <laughs> I think for me, I never really had any cravings, but it was, I think it was the social side of it mm. for me that was, that was tricky. So I went to, especially because I'd, I'd gone back home to South Africa for a 60th birthday. Mm. So that that was really shining a light on, <laughs> was I able to do this or not? Mm. Um, especially with the, you know, wonderful South African wine we have. Mm. And 
And I think it was only in that moment where I thought, oh, it'd be, it'd be so fun just to have, you know, a, a shooter with somebody or, you know, just one glass of wine with dinner. Yeah. And then I then I thought to myself, because I think I also have a bit of a, I'm an only child, so I think I have a bit of competition with myself. <laughs> so So I was kind of like, having this conversation in my head of well you know if you if you have that one now then then you've let yourself down and then you've got to start all over again from day one and I was just like nope that's not happening um so I think I think it was more just in social situations like that where you know you're comfortable with people you're with friends um and it just feels kind of normal um those those were the hard moments I think for me Oh, please, 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 please. I so understand you. Um, but you're a stronger woman than I am. Well, first, shall I say. Um, last time I looked, there was a boy. <laughs> oh, that's a different story. Um, yeah. Topic for another day. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I thought these pictures would never see the light of day, but here we are. I'm sorry. Oh. Anyhow, um, the... I think now for me, I must say I was I had a little bit more cravings. I had these waves of desire, which were uh, nearly inhuman in their intensity. Wow. So, yeah, no, that's that's cravings, and I certainly in my first year uh, of sobriety, they were pretty good going, and it's that kind mm -hmm. of of stuff that really can trip you up. Because the, the, the figures are there, 60-80% of people who have been drinking heavy, 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 i.e. alcoholics, um, mm -hmm. end up uh, relapsing or lapsing in the first year. And that just shows that the power that alcohol has over people. And it's just yeah. it's power, power, powerful. It is nuts. It's crazy. And it's just us being us weak human mm. beings natural fact we are not human not weak human beings i'm actually a superhuman when it comes to the response to drinking so when i drink alcohol my dopamine levels in my brain go through the roof compared with someone <laughs> else and therefore mm. i get that super high i feel good well, someone yeah. else can have a glass of wine, puts it down, you know, and, and still there's glass, there's wine in the glass. And me, I would look at him and say, are you nuts? Do you leave that, that, that sip of wine there on the table? That's sacrilege. Absolutely. That's, Absolutely. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's different, very different brains, very different reactions, yeah. very different emotions. Wow. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. Um, yeah, I was definitely... Yeah, a big a big high on alcohol. Um, I was I was never one of those very emotional drunks. You know, I was always very happy, very you know, ready for a party um, till the next morning. Of course. Of course. <laughs> did you wake up when you were drunk? Did you did you? Uh, for me, three four glasses of wine and bing, my fatigue was gone, the tension in my shoulders was gone. Okay, let's clean up the garage. Let's do, I don't know what. Um, I could do another absolutely. working day. So same here, yeah. Yeah, ah. absolutely. That's what I'm saying. This alcohol can give us uh, benefits, for the lack of a better word, kind of a thing. It, it has something for us. It gives us something. 
So we can't just all demonize it. And, and you can't just say, well, it did all those things for me. It made me more funny. My anxiety was lower, at least once I was drinking. And now you say, now we had stopped drinking because drinking is evil. And just stop there. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. doesn't work. So no. no. So yeah, that's then the story that really is interesting. Uh, you you were admitting that your mental health was up and down at times. Um, how did it go when you start when you stopped drinking? Did you? How did you start exploring that side of you? How did that go? So I think. Um... I think it was tough in the beginning um, because now I had to deal with stuff that was coming up. Uh, you know. So true. I, I, I couldn't just sort of suppress it with a glass of wine anymore. So, um, yeah, I did, I did end up getting, going, getting therapy for some of the stuff that I was going through and it's, yeah, I think it's still a, it's still a constant work in progress. I think because you know there's years of of stuff that I've suppressed through drinking and never maybe dealt with through mm. drinking, and so when things in life trigger me, it it is harder to to do because I you know now I actually am in those emotions and in that feeling and and I have to deal with it because I don't have that as a crutch anymore hmm. so it's a it's a, a double-edged sword i think it's hmm. you know it's it's a really positive thing but it's a tough thing to go through and i can totally understand why people relapse because it's easy to just that crutch and, and suppress feelings so true but you know what i want to repeat this interview in two years time because you will sound very very different then you are you have done an amazing job you're about 18 months now uh two years what was it that you yes. yeah now this is still very early times in recovery and whilst it might sound like a wow such a beautiful long time it is still your brain is still coming to terms with what is happening and you're still learning the lessons and you're still still learning the skills and the new expertise to deal with these emotions and things like that so i for me the first two years were weird i was i was empty i had to learn how to deal with emotions i had to to learn how to live which i had completely forgotten how to do so uh, the first two years were just brutal, really, as you as you say. The, thereafter, one day you learn one technique that seems to work for you, and then you know, three months later, you have another breakthrough somewhere because you you deal with a trauma, and you think, ah, that's why I'm angry because that happened, and then the next three months something else happens, and suddenly four years down the line, you look back and think, huh, huh. Because as you say, it doesn't stop. You have, you have, you have tasted freedom. You have tasted joy. You have tasted that energy where you say, whoa, okay, I like that. I like that. Like, give me more. What do I need to do to do more? And that is the cool, cool, cool thing. <laughs> 
typically when you stop drinking, a lot of things change. Um, in actual fact, there is the saying, the only thing that changes in recovery is everything. And <laughs> <laughs> that certainly was so true for me. Um, you know, I've numbed my emotions for such a long time. And suddenly coming out of the, the alcohol haze, I had to suddenly live my life in a real way, as in mm. uh, to deal with these emotions, uh, to deal with my, with my mood swings, with my anxiety. Yeah. How was that for you? Yeah, I can totally relate. Uh, it's, um, it, I think it's, it's really difficult because you don't have that crutch to dumb down those emotions anymore. So when they come up, they feel so much more intense now. And, and, you know, I can totally understand why people relapse because it is so much easier to just reach for something that can help with that because it's, it's painful. Nobody wants to feel, you know, depressed or anxious or any of that. And, and so I've, I've found that it's been quite a lot harder to deal with those emotions because now I don't have any outlet. I have to deal with them. I have to be in them. Hmm. So, did you did you in the past have help? Did you in the past see a psychologist? Um, or was that uh, a journey that only slowly but surely was opening its door now? Um, I had seen I had seen people in the past, uh, but I think it was those situations where it it worked while I was doing it. Hmm. But then because of my lifestyle, I would just go back into that same routine. And then a year or two down the line, I'd be back at the psychologist because I was still going through the same stuff hmm. um, because I wasn't actually coming out of those sessions and properly processing it in real life, if you want to call it that. Exactly. No, so same with me. There was not a single self-help book or uh, a... a um, Tony Robbins uh, DVD that I had not listened to. I was constantly yeah. doing all the self-help stuff. Well, I was reading the self-help stuff. I didn't <laughs> put anything into action. I had a glass of wine probably in my hand whilst I was reading the self-help. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> so, about right. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, funny that is that your problems don't get better when you just read about possible solutions. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay. No, that's cool. Uh, the, so you had, wow, 18 months now, and that is an absolute beautiful 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 achievement um and it it things are are changing and you're tackling your life in in such a different way you're actually addressing your emotions how do you feel about that how do you feel about that that journey is it worth it i think it's i think it's definitely worth it 100% is it easy? No. <laughs> There's days when it is bloody difficult <laughs> and, and, and ugly. <laughs> but, mm. you know, if, if I look at all, all the positives that have come out just mm. in terms of my health, my, my way of life, uh, the, the path that my, my work life is taking, mm. 
it's so worth it. Um, I wouldn't change it for anything. That is, of course, doesn't mean to say that only because you're now you're no longer drinking doesn't mean to say that that not shit will happen to you. I mean, yeah. just we were earlier on, um, we were bantering here before the interview, and I told you a bit about my day. And and uh, in a nutshell, a lot of things went wrong, a little things left, right and center. And uh, it was just one of these days where you think you've got to be joking. What else can go wrong in my life? And yeah. I... I, despite of now about seven years of sober and having learned skills and uh, being very mindful, etc., doing breathing exercises, again, there were waves of anxiety washing over me. My goodness. Uh, and I felt myself hyperventilating, breathing too fast. I felt myself, my stomach cramping. And it's just, you dealt with one brush fire when the next volcano erupts. And you think, come on, <laughs> come on, enough is enough. But these, yeah. days are, these days are there. So they, only because you do no longer drink and want to do the right thing, that doesn't mean to say that life is waiting for you and says, oh, now it's so much nicer and, and it will be all rosy and, and little unicorns yeah. and rainbows. I was yeah. just going to say, it's not unicorns and rainbows. <laughs> None at all. <laughs> On the contrary. No. I, think, I think the difference now is that when the shit happens, as hard as it is, I'm able to process it differently now um, and I'm able to create a different response to it that I would have before whereas I think before I just suppressed it and and didn't really actually deal with the crux of what was going on whereas whereas now I think without the drinking I am so much more in the decision making hmm. couldn't agree more it is the to, to actually have the insight what is going on right here, right now, rather than actually shooting from the hip and responding on a subconscious level to triggers that somehow trigger you, because that's what triggers yeah. do. And this this could be a, a word, someone the way someone looks at you. Uh, you know, it's these kind of little things sometimes that you it's hard to put actually into words. But something yeah. triggers you and suddenly, oh, certainly the hothead in me would have exploded very easily, let's say 10 years ago. Nowadays, yeah. I look at the same situation and I actually have got the emotional maturity to actually say, well, hang on. Okay, why are you angry? Is it really that this person has stuffed up? And I guess, well, today that was actually true. There were a lot of people around me who stuffed up. But Or was it actually that, hang on, why are you really angry, angry, angry? Why, are, why is there a rage in you to something where this guy just took that fraction of a second longer to actually drive into the roundabout. Why are, where's this rage coming from? And that's, that's the difference. So absolutely. This, and that's beautiful. I love that, that insight. It doesn't mean to say that I don't have to rage. It's still the guy yeah. pisses me off because he doesn't drive, but <laughs> I, I understand there is something else going on and, and yeah. And you're able to identify it now. Um, and I think, yeah, that's that's been the big thing for me, mm. definitely. Mm. So 
you were always sportive, and but now you you changed your life towards far more a healthy lifestyle. So, what is the balance now looking like for the new Carla? What's your new life <laughs> yeah. like? Yeah, so it's um, it's been on quite a journey. Um, I guess we're we're always on a journey, but so now I've actually gone into um, I've always wanted to to coach people on healthy living, um, but I guess you know, when you're not living it yourself, you you can't really teach people. <laughs> so, yeah, so now I finally got the opportunity to to be a, a mindset and body coach. And, you know, I'm just helping people to, to get healthy, um, find healthy habits that they can fit into busy lives. Because, you know, the reality is we do still live in a busy life and we do still have all those pressures and, and being healthy is is tricky it is you know and it takes work and and that that's kind of my passion now is to to just really be able to share with people that the importance of of being healthy firstly because you know as we get older things start to start to break and 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 we have to <laughs> we have to take care of ourselves and we're not, like you said earlier, we're not bulletproof anymore as we get older. And, and so, yeah, I think this definitely wouldn't have happened for me if, if I'd continued, you know, drinking after, um, because I could have easily just, you know, gone back into drinking once I'd recovered. Mm. I think, as I said, uh, karma or or God or whoever gave you a big wake up call, and it was one of the most beautiful things that could have happened to you. Um, you, this is your new life, and and you live it to to the most beautiful extreme. So, which is which? What more could you possibly wish for? I mean, a yeah. happiness, happiness and joy, and uh, new relationships, new new uh, a new you a you that wakes up in the morning and is actually keen to get out of bed and wants to do something and has has a really great time instead of Absolutely. trying to oh god my head my on a fall back asleep uh, god I, I actually have weekends now <laughs> exactly you mean you mean you can remember what you did on these weekends yes <laughs> yeah. yeah and i and i get up before for midday. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and that's why beautiful. So, but then again, I actually, I love it that you have taken that journey and that you are now coaching others because you have got the badge of honor, i.e. you have got the hospital admission. You have got that little wristband that you get in the hospital <laughs> with, with your numbers on and et cetera. You can say, yeah, look, look, been there, done that. No, done that. You, can't, you can't bullshit me. No, you talk shit now. So no, 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 no. Exactly. I've been there, and that's a really powerful position. So you're not yeah. just doing something because you've read it in a book. You have experienced something fundamental that is that is that shock you to the to the deepest core of your being, and that's what makes your teaching and your guidance and you being a coach so much more powerful. Okay. Mm -hmm. you, you people look in your eyes and, and wow. Okay. She knows what she is talking about because exactly that. And that's so beautiful. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And I think for me as well, it's um, 
what what a lot of people have said to me is, you know, because you kind of you look at people who've always had uh, drinking problems or alcohol problems or have been overweight or drugs or and, you know, when they end up at rock bottom, you think, well, that was to be expected. But when when people, my friends have looked at me, I've always been healthy. I've always been fit. I've always exercised. And for me to have hit rock bottom, I think was a big shock to a lot of people, including myself. Um, and I think it just, it shows that you don't, you know, you have to still take care of your body and you, you no, none of us are immune to these things, no matter how healthy we think we are. We, we all can succumb to, to these moments where we we let we let things slide and we you know forget what we actually are about and and take care of care of our bodies and our minds and so true i mean it's and you guys out there i mean the sheer fact that you're listening to that podcast or watching that that video yeah Okay, that says a lot. Uh, so welcome to the club because welcome to the enlightened club, shall I say, <laughs> because you're the, the 5% of people who drink too much uh, or have drunken too much who actually are doing something about it. Whilst the other 95% say, no, 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 I've got no problem whatsoever. No, no, pass me, pass me the wine. Um, I have no, no problem there. <laughs> So, yeah, absolutely. No, no. So, Carla, if people want to get hold of you, if they want to work with you, how do they uh, get best about that? So, I am on Instagram. Uh, it's at Carla Caswell. Yeah. Um, I've got um, a Facebook group that is coming soon. So, Excellent. if you if you if you watch watch my Instagram, it will be on there. But that's the best place to get in touch with me. Um, or email is also great. Uh, so it's caswell.carla at gmail.com. Brilliant. And guys, we've got the details. So it will be little for Carla, this was a fantastic, fantastic interview. I'm so grateful for your oh, it's been amazing. For your time. Thank you so much. And I'm so looking forward to, to seeing how your journey continues because there's no doubt lots and lots and lots uh, waiting for us. <laughs> absolutely cool. and thank you so much for having me it's it's been such a great absolutely great chat and it's always good <laughs> to share these with with like-minded people oh hell yes and you guys out there <laughs> look after yourself life is too short come on live your life to the fullest bye <laughs> bye <laughs>